Hello and welcome to the Oval Ball. Matt, we're going to welcome you. You're not quite with me at the moment. You're you're away via Skype. First of all, how are you? I'm well, thanks, uh, Jacob. Yeah, not not with you at all, but a bit bit closer than uh, what we were the last time we did a Skype episode, though. Well, yeah, you're referring to my time in Germany, so that's been yeah almost exactly a year ago today. Oh, yeah, a week ago, a, a week ago, about a year ago, I went. If that makes sense. So I remember going through my phone and looking at a photo, and it had. I mean, I'll admit I've been very nostalgic the past few weeks because it has been the year, one year mark, as I've said, when I left there, and, and oh, when I left to go there, and there was a photo of the the MacBook, my MacBook in my apartment room with my Sharon with my footy, and I just remember thinking, yeah, we made it work, so we're going to make it work again, um, which is the main thing. So, just first of all, I want to get a quick word from you. I need to give you a writer reply about the disaster that was the first. Um, first elimination. Oh, was it the first elimination final? Yeah. First of all, what are your quick thoughts about the way the dogs went out in that one? Yeah, uh, they went out with a whimper, uh, which was disappointing because it'd been such a good run of form. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone really gave us a chance from you know from the round eleven when we were four and seven, and I think in the last. Seven weeks of the season, we needed to. Seven or eight weeks of the season, we needed to overcome or, or leapfrog about seven or eight sides just to make the finals. So I think to get there was a very impressive feat. And I think it shows that we're heading in the right direction. But someone said to me during the last quarter of the Giants Dogs match, and it looked like a game between a side that had spent most of the year inside the eight against a side that had spent most of the year outside the eight. And I think mm. he had a point. Uh, I think you've got the the Giants are you know most of them are, are you know a bunch of fairly respectable decent players, um, and then you've you've got us which are it's it's a lot different side to the one that, that won the Premiership a few years ago. Yeah. And so, so there's a few players that are still there, obviously, but it's a very different makeup and a, and a very different style of football that they do play, and they're a very young side as well. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to remember the numbers. I think they might have been about. 800 games difference in terms of experience between uh, what the Giants put out and what we put out. So very much like 2016 in that respect, which I think just goes to show you just how incredible that flag was. Absolutely. What happened this final series is is what really should have happened in 2016 when you, when you add it all up. But we're going in the right direction. It wasn't a great day. No one really rocked up. Uh, it was a disappointing end of the season, but we're going in the right direction. And speaking of the Giants, so one of the best players, um, you could argue he's their best player, really, uh, Toby Green. We face in the tribunal. I read the other day this is his eighteenth sanction. So I mean, he won't. He probably won't get off. I oh, know that's if he. So I think that's either if he gets done or not. But he will be facing the tribunal for not tonight for uh, unnecessary contact to the eyes of Lockie Neal and. After the, uh, the weekend's um, uh, semi-final, do you think he will fight this? Oh, no, sorry, he's definitely fighting it. Do you think he will get off? Because uh, there's a, there's a big school of thought today that's sort of abrupted all around the place that everyone thinks he's going to get off. Not everyone, but a lot of people think he's going to get off. I think he's going to get off, which is an absolute farce that it could happen. Um, what what are your thoughts on this issue? I reckon he will. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get off. He yeah, shouldn't. Same. That that what that incident should never have happened because he should never have played that game in the first 
place. The, the fact that he um, got off for the um, for the offence on Bontempelli in, in the first week of the finals was a disgrace. The fact that the AFL made no submission about an obvious eye-gouging offence. And when you also look at some of what some of the, the marks that Bontempelli was left with, he was left with a black eye. He was left with scratches around his neck yeah. as well. And I think he got a cut somewhere else as, as well. And, and on top of being gouged in the eye. How Green only got away with a fine for that in in the first week is, well, I, I still can't understand it. But I wouldn't be surprised if he got off because the Giants will argue insufficient force. They'll use Fagan's comments about how he got Neil in the nose rather than the eye. They'll also use, you know, un, you know uh, insufficient video evidence as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he got off, but this will be if he does. Uh, this if he does plead guilty, which he, he won't. Mm. I think it'll be seventeen offences in eight seasons. Which, if he's playing, is uh, it's a suspension or at least some sort of charge once every eight games. Wow, that's a good stat. And yeah. people tell me that he hasn't got a problem. Well, he clearly does, and and good on. I mean, I feel like GWS are aware of this problem, so you know they're not. I don't think they're ignoring it by the sounds of it. But look, they're going to back their man in. I um, I agree with you. I think that he's going to get off, as I said before. Um, and I do agree. I think that it is an, a mess that the AFL is trying to tidy up. A mess that has been caused by them. Um, back. Uh, I guess just back. just one more thing on on, on yep. the Toby Green that yep. I, I've got. A lot of people in the in the media are telling me that, well not telling me, but telling us, that it's a, a beat up and a witch hunt and a lot of people also saying that I'd love to pl- that they'd love to play with Toby Green, oh, they'd, they'd love a guy like Toby Green on their side. I'd hate to have Toby Green running around in my team. Yeah, I, yeah. In, in, the same, in the same way I reckon Sydney would have struggled to, to like Barry, having Barry Hall on their side at the end of his time there Ooh. because he was a ticking time bomb yep. and green is very much the same. I mean, you can never be sure that this week will be, you know, he'll, he'll be all right. He won't have any, um, any suspensions or any incidents to, to have assessed after the match. And people will then tell me as a Bulldogs fan, I've got short memory with the likes of Libertore, Ramiro and Dimitina. <laughs> I don't remember those guys. We even I, wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't, my only memory of Liberatore was his last game. I don't have any memory of the other two mm. from a from a from a viewing point of view. Like obviously, I, rem- I know them, but I don't remember watching them play. So I don't know if I don't know how bad they were. Well, on that point, and I don't of, know on that point um, of um on the media. And I don't know whether I want to play with them. Yeah, I never saw them play. Well, on that point of the media, I think like I I, I all I care about. Is that, and I, you would think I'd trust the AFL in this that it's not trolled by media that all the negative heat on Toby Green, which I think is some is fair, some isn't fair, that that plays any part in the whole hearings of the tribunal, and also I don't agree with you about the, I mean no, you would like to you wouldn't like to play with him, so it's not really I'm disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying I'd love to play with him because in the finals I bet you these players are as wound up as ever, and. They, I reckon, if he was on my team, I'd say, look, he's such a good player. If he balls over a few times, then so be it. But most of what we get from him is like great football, hard hardness. I'd rather have him than a flake in the finals. But look, I would be disappointed. More to your point, I would be disappointed if I was a player at the moment and he gets 
and the, the, the sanction stands after tonight because the reality is that Toby Green, so if I'm Jacob Hopper, I'm not speaking on behalf of Jacob Hopper, I don't know the bloke, but if I'm him, I'd say, gee, what, my, one of my leaders, one of my best players um, won't be there against quite a good side in Collingwood and the grand final's up for grabs. Um, and that's because he, he was stupid again. So, yeah, but at the same time, for I'd love to... I'd, I take more of the good than the bad with young T- Toby. Let me just say, Toby Green is a great footballer. Not, yeah, not we all know that. Yeah, yeah. You're not saying he's I, not. I think he's. Yeah. I, I, if he hasn't made an All Australian, then he, he's he's very unlucky because he's had some terrific seasons. Yeah. In terms from a footballing point of view, so I'm not going to sit here and say he's not a great player because mm. he is. But you can be a great player without having that in your game. I mean, look how many great players there have been in the competition that haven't had that. Oh, Pon- Pendlebury and... Pendlebury um, was the first player that came to mind for me as well. Yeah. Now, Pendlebury can, you know, be a match winner and have great games and have moments of brilliance without needing that. Bonapelli is another one. Cripps is another one. Yeah. Dangerfield. Um, Grundy in the, in the ruck for, for Collingwood. Uh, you've been Dustin Martin. Now, he's had a he's had a few indiscretions over, over the time. Well, also so. off-field than on-field. But... He is someone that you know. He's, he's. I think he's got himself sorted in recent seasons, and Shannon you know Hanks. he's. He doesn't. He doesn't play on the edge in yeah. the same way that some of those players do. So anyone that tells me that you need to have players like that, you say you don't. You really don't. You can have a great team. Oh, you don't need to. That. You don't need to. But I'm just saying, I take more good with the bad. I guess with him, but yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's an interesting case study, isn't it? it as far as the. The, we'll, we'll get on to Geelong and Richmond in a second. But as far as GWS v Collingwood um, is concerned, do you think it... Ter- I heard Terry Wallace on the radio this morning talk about how um, GWS have started off hot. Both finals have played against the Dogs and against Brisbane and they've come out winners. Um, is that the most important part of that game, do you think, versus Collingwood on, the, on Saturday afternoon? I think the most important part of that game is where it's being played. Um, now, obviously, the game's being played at the Ooh. MCG. I think that's going to decide it wow. in the end. I don't think, however well the Giants start or don't start... I hope you're right. I think Collingwood will win. I, 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 don't, I don't think I can see Collingwood getting beaten at the MCG by the Giants. I think Collingwood are just too good a side. I hope moment. so. I, look, I, I think it's... Um, I know you do. Yeah, I think... Because it means I'll be able to play. I'll actually be able to watch my team the next week. Um, anyway, there's another can of worms. Um, but yes, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants do exactly what they've done. Not because of its work, its work for them in the finals, but the last time Collingwood was really bullied by a side, it was North Melbourne, and North Melbourne were hard. They were physical. They were kind of boring on the edge of you know physicality, and Collingwood were weak at the knees during that game. So. I think they've improved since, and they're a better side since. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants throw everything at everything at um, the pies. And I mean, you'd be disappointed in Collingwood if they did it. Of course. I will say this much about uh, those two sides as well. They played last year in, in a final at the MCG. Yes. And it was only it was only ten points, but Collingwood belted Giants, and they should have won by a lot more than what they did. Hmm. But mind you, they do do you play any do you, do you buy into any of the uh, home and away game that the Pies played against the Giants? Me personally, I don't because of uh, you'd buy a little bit into it. But 
the back line is a bit different at Collingwood, and it's obviously, as you said, it's at the G, but how much does that game have to do with, um, do you reckon, how much would that game be playing in the minds of Collingwood players come Saturday? None. I mean, the the game we played against the Giants was only the three weeks apart, and, and that, and, you know, you, you look at that. And that different result, yeah. Home away game the finals are a completely different kettle of fish. So if I were Collingwood, I wouldn't, I'd completely forgot about that game if I'm being personally honest. Yeah, um, I have as well. I know possibly. they wouldn't. They've got a they've got a bit more of an investment in it, but I wouldn't be thinking about that too much. Com- to, to be two completely different sets of sides, different stakes, different ground, different everything. Mm. I mean, the only thing that'll be the same are the jumpers the two teams are wearing. Yeah, maybe the coaches. Who but wears? Yeah, there'll be no nothing. So I wouldn't read anything into that. It's a whole new ball game we're playing. It is the finals, and on to the, the the other final that will be played the night before, Richmond and uh, Geelong. Now, before we get into preview and the actual game and the stories heading into that game, I reckon the big story heading in is obviously the absence of big key forward Tom Hawkins. Uh, God, he can cost his team sometimes, can't he? Mm-hmm. He can absolutely cost them. What, what, do you, what do you think this does to... Is, is this sort of a, a five-goal handicap now? Is that what we're looking at, in your opinion? And also, think, what do you think they would do as far as forward replacements and blah, blah? I think what we're looking at is a game between one of the most credentialed sides this season against one of the most overrated preliminary finalists in history oh, this weekend. Wait, I'm trying to figure out who's who. Because <laughs> <laughs> one of those teams, Matt, absolutely was the, the world heavyweight champs. The, the, he- the favourite heavyweight going in and got absolutely bundled out of the finals. Got shellacked last year by Collingwood. So I'm trying to figure out who you who is who. Can you please enlighten us to who is who in this scenario? The most credentialed side are Richmond. Yes. I oh, know, that's fair. They, or they are. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the most overrated uh, preliminary finalists in history, or one of them at least, are Geelong. <laughs> Ironically enough, they're the minor premiers. But they're they're they they're not beating Richmond. This game this game's over by uh, half time. I'm being nice there. I, I reckon it could even be over by quarter time. Wow. I hope not because I'll be here Friday night. And that's um, that's with or without Hawkins. He doesn't make that big a difference to the side. Yes, he yes his absence is an impact. Uh, but don't worry, Geelong fans will tell you that a Sava Radigalier is, you know, the second coming of Christ, and he'll save all their problems. <laughs> the Sav. He's played 15 games in his career. The Sav. Wow. Yeah. So, but, you what? know, once you, once, you, once you step outside of Geelong and, and you meet, you know, intelligent beings, they'll <laughs> tell you that this game will be over very quickly. Matt goes whack. <laughs> yeah. What no, are they I mean, do, I've, I've never, never rated this Geelong crop. They leave, their best players are very good. But they leave too much to too few, and in finals that doesn't work. No, you're right. And I've I've used this example many times. You look at West Coast's Premiership 22, Richmond's Premiership 22, our best 22, or our Premiership 22 rather, and and Hawthorne's Premiership 22. Now, if you were to tell me who the bottom six are, you could get one, maybe two names from that list, but you'd struggle to find any more because everyone plays their yeah. role in the in the Premiership side. Yes, you've got your stars. You you can pick your your best six without a problem, but after that, it blends in a bit more. You know, everyone else sort of you know plays their role, does their job. But with this Geelong side, you've got Ablett, Selwood, Dangerfield, uh, Blitzarves, Hawkins, Stewart, Kelly. Kelly. There's seven. They're just off the top of my head. 
you just track down a list and and then suddenly you get a, you get a bunch of players that you know don't really stand up in finals. You got a couple of kids, which you know, all right. I'll, in fairness, let's give them a bit of time, but I don't see enough Geelong players that are willing or that are ready to uh, stand or to be uh, placed under the microscope when it comes crunch time. Those stars will get them over the line because they make the side an eight to ten goal better team during the home and away season. Easy to mask the you know the the uh, the players that you know can't take the heat during the home and away season. Well, when you're in the finals, everyone is put to the test. Absolutely. There's no hiding place. It, it, and some of those Geelong players, it happened against Collingwood, and it happened uh, against Richmond in 2017, and I, I can't remember who they played. Uh, and it happened against Melbourne last year. That's the yeah. other one. Oh, yes. Can't forget that. Yeah, so, yeah. Place, yeah, so there's no hiding spot in, so, in finals. So and what? some of those Geelong players get found out a bit too easily. So what are they going to do then? Do you think to curtail this? Like what, as far as the forward setup? My call. Well, I know if this is my prediction, or I really want this to happen because I think this is the only way they're going to get a fighting chance of of winning. Is I really would like to see Gary Rowan with he's had the week off. He's obviously he's going to play. They're pretty confident. Gary Rowan one at like not one out out of the square, but have him as your full forward. And just really challenge because you know Richmond play that they play that goalkeeper, don't they? They always have the Grimes, the Vlostons, kind of just always that guy that leaves their man and kind of goalkeeps, right? So I would love Gary Rowan to be that deep where he can meet Grimes and Vlostin and keep him accountable and push him up the ground because he's an amazing runner. But what do you think? What what can you predict they will do as far as that you know the big gaping hole of Tom Hawkins? Well, I will say that if, if Geelong are to stand any chance, long kicks are not going to be an option. Everything's going to be because, uh, yeah. as you said, Grimes, Floston will just pick them off all day. Yeah. Uh, especially with the lack of a target down there. You, you'd be, you could uh, consider maybe bringing in a tall um, to just act as a decoy, maybe try and take Grimes out of the game. It's my role in free. But it'd be, it'd be a lot of short passes into the into the four line you wouldn't be bombing it long i hear also that the cats are making an 11th hour submission to get the game reloaded catered to a gmhba <laughs> um otherwise known as alphabet stadium we'll see how that one goes um no no real word on that one yet but you just just uh just stay tuned on that one. Oh, well uh, richmond did play a few years ago down there so that you know that it's not a crazy idea just in a final I'm not too sure that will please too Just many downsize people. Downsize the crowd by seventy thousand people. Why don't you? Oh, but yeah. during the home and away season, oh no, we're, we're comfortable to play. You know, maximum capacity, get all the gate seats. Oh yeah, I mean that's not like Geelong have, haven't sucked this year about it. I mean, you know, if it's a grand final, then I'm sure they're they're, very, they're a very gracious side in defeat. Geelong. It's <laughs> one of the things I notice about them. They, it's 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 never someone else's fault. They always accept responsibility when they're not good enough. Well, speaking of comments of Geelong's, and look, in all seriousness, I didn't mind this today by Chris Scott because he speaks his mind. We shoot him down when the two playing, and we shoot him up, and we then we shoot him down when the two outlandish. I think tonight's he comments will probably raise some eyebrows. He said that Richmond, he doesn't, in his opinion, Richmond aren't as good as they were last year. What do you make of those comments, and do you agree with the man at the, in charge of the Cats? Uh, I, I, look, I can see it. I can see where he's coming from. I think Richmond have had a few more injuries this year than, than in the last two years. I think that's one of the things that 
think Richmond got away with yeah. in, in 2017 and 2018. They had a, a lot of players playing pretty much every game. And this year they didn't have that luxury and it tested their depth. Mm. But they, they, they recovered pretty well. I mean, they had some bad days. Junior, uh, but they managed yeah. to grind out a couple of wins during that stretch as well. And they started getting a few more players back. And because they weren't in the top echelon of the ladder, they were going under the radar a little bit mm. as well. Uh, so I can sort of see where Chris Scott is coming from in, in the sense that they probably haven't received the plaudits that they did last year. But I don't think their their football has been significant. If, if, if worse, I don't think it's been significantly worse or, or, or below last year's standards. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I th- look, I, I think they present a different a different beast because now they're playing the two Ruckman um, and they've got, you know, Tom Lynch down there as well. So I don't know. I'd, I don't agree with Chris Scott, but I, I do think they're better than that, that premiership side down 17, which is quite scary to think about. But I do love that he's come out and said this because, I mean, I think Australians by nature in their sporting culture uh, can be shrinking violets and are afraid to sort of, break out of the norm and not conform as they've been raised to within the industry. So I didn't, I don't mind this and the coaches do lead the way on this. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Now, what, what grand final would you, I mean, as a neutral, I have a feeling, you know, the end, you, I don't know the answer to this question, but I asked you before, I presume anything. What would you, and this doesn't, and that, and this should have nothing to do with your love to me, and and how much I'm, you know, I'm a good bloke, and you want Collingwood to win, irrespective yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. what's the ideal? What do you want the weekend's results to be? Um, therefore, the byproduct of Grand Final Day. What's the dream one for you? Because I know you don't like Geelong, so maybe you want to set something up for Geelong to fail. But what's the ideal scenario for you come Grand Final Day? Well, I'll start with worst case scenario. Geelong GWS would be the, the just oh. the worst grand final you could imagine. I feel sick thinking about it. No, no, what? No, whoever wins, uh, and it's one of the few grand finals where I would wish both teams would lose. <laughs> so it just doesn't result in anything. So it's just just constantly draw and then go to extra time, have that draw as well, and just like abandon the match. <laughs> So just give, just make sure nobody wins. They like break the cup into half, and they just give it like because a because whoever wins, they will never, ever, ever let you hear the end of it. Even the GWS or all even four, GWS, even oh, all four of them. My goodness! <laughs> Can you imagine Gil McLaughlin presenting the Premiership Cup to them? Oh, the bigs. Uh, oh, anyway, just money no, signs will be blown up that in his head. That wasn't the question that you asked me. Um, oh, I can't. If you're a neutral, you, you can't turn down a Richmond Collingwood Grand Final. Oh, it makes me. Physiological, right now I feel my heart rate's gone up when you've just mentioned that. It's just nuts. I hope I'll, that happens. I'll, I'll do it again. A Richmond Collingwood oh. Grand Final. Look, this has been brewing for for three weeks, really, since everyone's looked at the ladder and they kind of made their predictions and saw what potential avenues. And then there's a few people, including me, that went, oh, I guess if this thing goes that way, then this thing goes that way, then potentially we can have a Richmond and, oh, and a Collingwood Grand Final. Like, this could happen, but... Yeah, uh, if, if you're a neutral, you've, you've got to want it. It'd be the biggest Grand Final in years. Like, the, the build-up. I mean, the Dogs was massive, but that was a different build-up because that was like, we're captivated by the story of a side. Yeah. Whereas this... This is just, this is just two... Heavyweights. Giants, yeah, just... Excuse the pun, I didn't mean that. Um, but yeah, two of football's greatest heavyweights just locking horns. 
crazy. I mean, it'd be up there with it'd be up there with the likes of like a Collingwood Essendon Grand Final or a, or a Richmond Essendon Grand Final or a Collingwood Carlton. Carlton Grand Final. Collingwood Carlton Grand Final is probably the only other one I can think of that would that would be bigger than this yeah. right now. Yeah, with football. all the history. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. This is the yeah. only grand. This is probably the second biggest grand final combination Scenario. you could put together. I'll tell you what, I'd love to be around to see a Collingwood Carlton Grand Final. Oh, I would as well, but I don't think my heart would be able to deal with it. Hey, speaking of Collingwood, um, I want to get your thoughts of on uh, so Jordan de Goy's is is returned to Melbourne a few days ago, and look, he he was running, he was doing some drills, very light work, mind you. Um, I don't know how much you know about the magic. Well, they call him Healing Hands, Healing Hands. Hans Schumacher. Hans, uh, I can't pronounce his whole name, but. He's a Bayern Munich head doctor. He's seventy-seven. He doesn't know much English. Apparently, he lives in his. Oh, he works in his Gothic. <laughs> I'm giving him like an, he's fixing the hamstring of, of some some uh, tattooed footballer in the yeah. east part of Melbourne. <laughs> it makes no. It's the funniest duo. But um, uh, the report is they inject calf blood into his hamstrings and it does something. And then they train him. There's physios with him all Shouldn't day. Should they be injecting hamstring blood? Or do you think you'll need some hamstring blood? Oh, I just got that. that <laughs> well Imagine that his hamstrings turn into calves. I know someone that looks like that actually. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. It. See so the the narrative for me. I would just love. I loved. I was infatuated by this story. I was trying to cover every second bit of it since it broke, and the the romanticism in me wouldn't want that to. Eventually, Jordan Degoy playing in grand final and then obviously kicking a bag and obviously Collingwood winning. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I still think he's unlikely. But he's not as unlikely and he's not as doubtful as what Collingwood have come out and said. I think that's a bit of a PR ploy. Um, Hawthorne did that with Rioli a few years ago, Stevie J in 2011. They downplayed as much as they can. Um, but they know there's a chance. And I think I'm, hope, I'm hopeful there's a chance. I know you're okay. not a doctor, but what's your take in this whole scenario? Well, look, well, none of this matters if Collingwood don't win this weekend. So let's just let's just put that oh, out there. Yes, well, that is important. It all mean, <laughs> mean nothing. If... <laughs> yeah, so let's just let's just preface that firstly. Um, I still think he's eighty twenty at best in terms of not playing to playing. If that's the, the ratio we're going with, yeah. he, he if he's there, he will not be a hundred percent fit. No. And what I learned when we won the flag a couple of years ago was that Sydney gave us a massive uh, helping hand by playing both McVeigh and Callum Mills, both of whom were underdone, mm. hadn't played in a, num- a couple of weeks at least. I think Mills had missed out on two weeks. McVeigh maybe missed out on well, – I can't remember with McVeigh. But they went in the match underdone. Both were very underwhelming, didn't have – I've had very little impact. I think Callum Mills' only influence on the game was giving us our first goal. To Zane Cordy. Yep. 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 Apart from, yeah, so, but apart from that, he, he didn't do much else, nor did McVeigh. I think if, if I'm a coach and I'm going into a grand final, if there's someone who's in the best 22, but they're not 100% fit, they don't play. That's okay. simple. Because Dugowie is a guy that could win you the match. Um, but he could very easily lose it for you. If he plays mm. and gets injured in the first minute of the match, you're suddenly down one man for the rest of the game. It's not a good it's not a good outlook, isn't it, given that scenario. And hamstrings are diff- hamstrings are difficult, aren't they? 
because they're yeah. um, because they're they they're not great for footy. There's a lot of changing um, pace that doesn't help the hamstring. If Jordan Ngoi was running a marathon, then he would get up because that's what I've learned with this stuff. It's it, he's going at a steady pace. It doesn't stretch. It doesn't quite pull on what's happening. But um, you're right. It could go any second. If he plays, and you're right, I, I, I agree with your odds there, 80-20. 80-20 doesn't play. And if, but if he does, if that 20% eventuates, then it'd be a ticking time bomb. It could be, it could just go, and then, I mean, that would be a disaster. So, yeah, I guess we'll one game space. in nine weeks. Well, one and a, one and one and a quarter. <laughs> I one count that quarter. quarter. In, one okay. and a quarter in nine weeks. It's a lot. Do you, that's a. It's good, but if that's Chris Judd or if that's Paddy Dangerfield or Gary or um, Jason Dunstall, would you roll the dice? I'm not saying he's in that category, but do you know what I mean with that? Like, would you Jordan Goey and Jason Dunstall in the same sense? Um, my again, that, that's why I've it's, said, it's Jordan Goey. He, he's one. He's one. Jordan Goey is a, is a star. We're I'm not say, comparing okay? him for a, That's why I just said I don't. I don't want to put him in the same bunch, but. Yeah, you no, that's my, okay. You I, I, no, it's, it's just a thought I've had on Undergoey today. Yeah. What's he actually achieved? Um. Oh well, as far as success. Yeah. Oh, not a lot. He, but for us, I think there's certain players where you look, and again, I'm not comparing him to the best because he's got a long way to go. But I just, I think a lot of people, and a lot of Collingwood people, look at. The fight, there was two games last year that was sort of a sample size of... And potential's a bad word because potential's a different kind of thing. I reckon I'm going with this. But if Collingwood win that grand final last year, then, God, what a hero to go he was. Three goals, uh, two in the last quarter. Or one, two in the last half, one in the first quarter. Four goals against Alex France the week before. We all know what this guy can do, which that's why I asked myself that question. He's, he's already done it on the big stage. He was amazing on grand final day. They didn't win, so we don't really talk about it, which is fair. But that's why I question, does he, does he roll? I wonder if they roll the dice. I'm not too sure. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I just I just wouldn't if I was um, I was Collingwood. I wouldn't do it. Mm. But I don't think it's not worth it. It's not worth it. No. If you're going, I think if I think, feels weird to say, if I had won last year, I think my outlook would be different. Yeah, because of you'd look at this because you'd look at him differently, or you just look at other things differently. You're more willing to take a risk. Yeah, you, you you're just gonna you just want to do everything you can just to make sure you win a flag. But I reckon if they'd had a one last year, and now we're sort of saying, well, you know, we're going to a grand final. Here's a chance to go back to back. Now, how good would this be? Yeah. We've already won a flag, so it's not like you know we haven't been there. Yeah. I'd be more willing to take the risk. It sounds weird, but I would be. But That's fair. There's more to lose this time, isn't it? Because we've lost the week, the year before. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. I, I think we've seen Degoe play for the last time this year. Certainly, if I was on the the uh, board of selectors at Collingwood or picking the teams, yeah, I wouldn't have Degoe in my my setup. Well, for that even to be talked about, they need to win this week against the Giants, which I'm sure would be a as you said, we have, they have to win for us this all to happen, so that would be an exciting encounter, I'm sure. Before we go, Matt, I want to ask you, and you're going to ask me the same, what was your, what was your most favourite, what's your most favourite prelim? And then, 
in that question, what's the most, what's your most favorite moment? And I have a feeling I know the answer to the first question, but I'll let you take it for now. Um, so yeah, best ground, best premier. Sorry, I've cooked it. Best prelim for you. Obviously, the 1961 prelim when we knocked over <laughs> Melbourne was the happiest day of my life. What a belter that was. Yeah, oh my goodness, eh? What a shock. John Schultz on the wing. Won a preliminary final ever, and then suddenly we beat Melbourne. What's, everyone, what's going, what's going on here? No, it's it got to be uh, 2016 is no contest against the Giants. Um, <laughs> I, I, I could set the scene in a, in a Mark Lacrasse style film. Uh, the Giants. Home advantage, a 14-point lead early in the last quarter. They have all the momentum. Mark Lacroix. But you know what happens next. <laughs> oh, no. If you could see that, Matt just oh. uh, choked himself on the uh, screen there. And the sky screen. So, Giants choked in the preliminary final. Oh, could you believe it? Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind Toby Green playing um, this weekend because then you could say that he's lost three preliminary finals and a semi-final in the past four <laughs> years, and that would be pretty incredible to say. What a start. I'd love to say that. So what's your? have you mentioned your favourite moment in that? Was that when they, the moment they choked? <laughs> was that a moment that they choked, or what do you reckon? What was my favourite moment of that? that there were so many. I think the... I think my favourite moment was when the siren sounded because every other moment I was still just still, still encompassed in so much stress. Yeah, it was that kind um, of game, wasn't it? Uh, well, like Clay Smith's four goals in the, the first half, that was just incredible. Yeah. Um, Janison's run through the middle of the ground and then Bonham Pelly kicking the goal. I was still stressed out then. Uh, Jack McRae kicking the winner, I was still stressed out then. I, I, I was turning to everyone saying, oh, there must be less than 30 seconds left and there was still three minutes to go. Oh, man. And then, then Dixon took the mark. Then I, I felt I start to feel safe from there because yeah. I, I think he'll kick this. You know they've got to they've got to kick two goals in very little time. That's when I start to feel safe. But the, I think the siren going, as cliche as it sounds, that was my favourite moment of that match. It's it, it's over. It's, yeah. it's over. We, we don't have to watch. Go through that ever again. What a feeling, hey! What a feeling. Uh, it was. No. Uh, it was the not just the best preliminary final, but the best match I've ever been to. And I, and I went to the grand final the week after. I think that so a lot of people have said that that is the best match in the past twenty years. Yeah, I had I, I I put it on par with the. I'm thinking I'm thinking in terms of all time finals. Yeah, the only one I can think that's better is the '89 grand final. Yeah. Yeah, that I, was... I put it as the, I put it as the second best final ever. Uh, it had everything. It had injuries. It had it, controversies. It, did. It, had it had it had absolutely fights. everything. I think that's what, what what you want out of finals from a viewer's perspective. My injuries, rivalries. Um, there was a rivalry, wasn't there? There was uh, a bit of a rivalry. Yeah, bags of goals, individual stories galore. Everywhere you looked, there was some sort of. Battle within the war, <laughs> lead changes, uh, memorable plays, and then an incredibly close finish. Yeah, so, you, know, you, you can't ask for any more. I reckon. Um, I reckon this that game has been plugged so many times on our show, but I love it because it was an amazing game. My my moment for me was, look, I would actually probably say, I would actually probably say it was out of these three. So the first one, the first two won't surprise you. Collingwood Richmond last year. But that's not going to be my favourite moment because I was I was unfortunately in Germany for that, which still kills me to this day. Um, 
the other one was the 2011 uh, Hawthorne Collingwood. Oh, um, that, was, that was some game. That yeah, was that heart was stopping, game. and I was at that, and that was the noise was nuts. So it's out of that one, and actually that was a very underrated game thing. Actually, that was underrated. I think it was very low scoring as well, but that's why. But the the other one I actually did go to as well, and involved Hawthorne as well. Was three years later, Hawthorne Port. I did go to that, and that was an unbelievably good game. So for me, oh, I'd, yeah, I'd have that was a day game at the G. For me, yeah. I'd have to go. I'd have to be biased here and go Collingwood Hawthorne. That just had everything. It had it was just it was an arm wrestle. It had just set shots sprayed everywhere, but it had. It had a few biffs, hard tackles. Um, it had the great Lance Franklin goal, which I still think is the best goal I've seen live. Wearing away from goal and Chris Tarrant on the Collingwood end forward pocket right side on the MCC wing. Um, that was just unbelievably good. That was sort of the, the spanner in the works in that game. It was like, oh, okay, they might win. But then you've got the Luke Ball snap on his opposite. Then you've got Dale Thomas running down Surreoli, which no one ever talks about, but that saved the game. Um, or was it Dale Thomas's heroics, or was it Hawthorne's ineptability to run hard in that unfortunate tired moment of the game? But for me, the 2011 Hawthorne Collingwood prelim, nothing beats that for me. No, that was no. I have to agree. That one was up there for sure. It was well up there. So before we go, Matt, I want to get your tips. So I think we've tipped. I think you've tipped them somewhat in throughout this show. But I want the clear tips, and I want the margin as well, please. So first of all, God, uh, Richmond and Geelong. Richmond by forty-seven. Huge. Okay, and Collingwood to the best. Collingwood by thirty-one. Yeah, I hope. I hope. I, I, I look. Which which means Jacob, we're gonna have if I've if I've done that correctly, we're gonna have a Richmond Collingwood grand final on our hands. If I, I I'm giving myself. I'm giving myself a stroke thinking about that. That's just too intense for me right now. <laughs> that would be, and I'm I've I found out the other day that no 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 joke. If Colin would make the, the grand final, I'm I've got a seat, so that's huge. Ooh. Yeah, so I've got through my membership. That's the thing, Matt. You pay the extra bucks for us. You know, some most years it doesn't work out, but you pay the extra bucks for this event. And given we win, we make a grand final. But if we if we lose, then hey. I guess I'll be just sitting on the grand final day drinking, getting drunk really uh, sadly. <laughs> and <laughs> my team could have been there. Well, I, I had to rub it in because I've got some more news about Collingwood players. Oh, yeah. So before we – yes, thanks for reminding me. You had a couple of good yeah. scoops here. Um, Jamie Elliott, I believe, is the first one. Yes. Uh, now, there's been some talk about offers. Yep. Um, Melbourne have won. From other clubs. Those rumours are true. Okay. Uh, one of them I know is for the is from the dogs. Um, the reason it's also the reason why there's been no news on Tory Dixon as of yet. Uh, they're waiting. If Jamie Elliott is a bulldog, then that's that's the end of Tory Dixon. I think it's a three year deal the dogs are offering. Yeah. Um, if there's no Elliott, then the dogs will sign Dixon off for one more season. Okay. Uh, I don't know about other clubs at this stage with regards. I think Essendon and North Melbourne have also been rumoured. Melbourne, to according to the age, Melbourne. North, North Melbourne. Is, but also, according to the age, for, I didn't know about North and Essendon. That's pretty spectacular. But the Melbourne have been another big one with Jake. For Jamie Allen as well, supposedly offering him big money. Don't think Essendon will really need Elliot. 
Yeah. I don't think he fits into this. So I think they've got enough of his type, the sort of small forward. They've got Stringer. They've got uh, Fantasia. Tipperwing. Sorry, Basil. Uh, and they've got a couple of others as well. And the other one, with regards to the dogs as well, uh, Josh Bruce will definitely be a bulldog at the end of the trade period. Yes, I've been hearing the same things. Do you have any idea of what money and what kind of deal would go through with this? Or is that all, you, all the information you have at the moment? I think it will. Well, St Kilda need picks. I think a second rounder will do the job. Yeah, I think so. Uh, no more than the second However, this will, this will be more of a domino deal. It will require other deals to get done first, so it won't be uh, first cab off the rake. Once um, trade period opens, it may be up until potentially even the last day of the trade period. They will need other deals to get done as well, the, the key one being Brad Hill to St Kilda. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, it may even be a three-way trade between Fremantle, St Kilda, and the Dogs, but I think when it all comes down to it, uh, Dogs should have Bruce and, and lose a second rounder. Huge, huge story. No, that's something to look forward to, Matt, in the trade period, and um, I'm, I'm sure it'd be an explosive trade period. That kind of reminds me of the Stephen May, Lockie Neal, all that. That was a five-way trade. That that was trying to explain that to people. That That was mess. That was nuts. Um, The other one I've actually heard with Collingwood was uh, Brody Grundy, actually. Yes. With a potential move to Adelaide. Yep, we know Adelaide have offered him Um, a lot of money and a a lot of years. What what news do you have on us? I think he's considering it. No, he he is. I know that for a fact. Um, Yeah. I think he's mentioned the word family. Yeah, I think he is considering it. Considering, yeah, considering the word... that. I, don't, I don't know though. I don't, I don't know at this stage. I think it's, I, I think it is a, a genuine fifty-fifty. Wow, that's um, my gut tells me it's a it's a forty-sixty Collingwood way because, um, for a, a website I'm writing for, we broke a story saying his, oh well, we didn't break it. It was actually Tim Watson on SEN saying that um he's going to reach a. He said this publicly on his show that there's going to be a middle ground contract with Collingwood. Instead of the seven years, it'll be a five-year deal, sort of a compromising. This is, but this, this things is, have changed. This that is was the too deal. This is the problem with what they've done with bringing in Dane Beams. The money, the squeeze. Yeah, I, mean, I think with with how it is, you can go under or over the cap for for certain years. Um, so you could pay a hundred from five percent of the salary cap. Uh, but then, uh, year within two or three years or something like that, you have to pay ninety five percent of the cap yeah. of of the, of the allocated cap, and no more than that. So it prevents clubs from being able to front load and back load contracts. Just the way you know, so they've got to manage their lists better, and they've got to make decisions about who they really want mm. and how they're going to get them in. And I think that's just the the problem because we know a lot of players took pay cuts. Uh, to get Dane Beams in. Yes. And now they've got Adelaide knocking about with this substantial offer and they can't really offer Grundy anymore. No. no. Well, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. If Collingwood win a premiership, mind you, they'll do it without uh, Dane Beams. Yeah, yeah. But is, is, is it worth it? I say if Collingwood win the flag, I say yes. If they don't win the flag and Grundy leaves, though... Well... It's a big gap in, in Collingwood's side. I, I think he's big, the most big gap in any team. I think he's the most important Collingwood player. And you know my stance on Scott Penderbury. Like you know how highly I regard Penderbury as a great of the game and everything like that. 
But if you if you had if you hypothetically put me in a room and said you're going to decide one player has to go out out of these three, uh, side bottom no four side bottom Moore Penderbury Grundy, um, I'd I'd tell you how I wouldn't be selecting, and like first of all it wouldn't be Grundy, it would not be Grundy. He is, he is the talk about the X factor that Collingwood have had. He is that extra added bit that other teams don't have. And Melbourne have experienced similar to that in Max Gorn, but in different ways. So there you go. You have it from Matt. The big So Brody Grundy, repeat again, Brody Grundy is rep- uh, considering a, one of Adelaide's big offers. So I guess we'll watch his space on that one, Matt. Thanks for that. No, that's all right. So, yeah, Josh, Bruce, definitely happening. Elliot, rumours are true. Yep. Um, and that, that affects the dogs list management. And Grundy considering, yeah, they're the three I've got. Brilliant stuff as always, mate. You, know, you, you bring up some of the good stories. So, um, hey, I can't wait to talk to you. Hope we, Let's try and get an episode done next week and preview what will be um, a huge, huge, huge week of footy, one that I've dearly missed last year. Um, whoever makes it, whoever advances this week, It'd be a huge weekend, a huge week, and then weekend regardless. Thanks for the show, Matt. Thanks for today. That's all right, there, Jacob. Any time. Thanks, mate. Thanks for our listeners for listening, and yeah, we'll see you next time.